This is In Touch, City Talk's Rugby League Lowdown with Lauren Moss and Steve Manning. City Talk 105.9. Good evening and welcome to In Touch on City Talk 105.9. It's the Rugby League Hour with myself, Lauren Moss and Steve Manning. Now, just nine days to go until the World Cup kicks off with a doubleheader at Cardiff between England and Australia and Wales and Italy. So between now and seven tonight, we'll be checking in with the England camp who have been training in South Africa. We'll hear from James Roby and Sam Tompkins. It's nice to be around the England lads again, not, not been with them for a while. You know, it's a good change, good opportunity for us to get in. And, and we know how lucky we are as rugby players that you know, we get to come to places like this. To win the World Cup would be, it'd be absolutely everything. I've been lucky enough to win, to win trophies before with, with Wigan, but um, I'd certainly swap them for a World Cup. And we'll also be checking in with witnesses Lloyd White, who's in the Wales camp. Warrington's Lee Briz will join us on the line shortly too, talking about his new book, which is written by our special guest in the studio tonight, Mike Appleton, who's also the media man at St. Helens. So we'll be getting the gossip from him about there on that one too. Speaking of St. Helens, Saints chairman Eamon McManus will speak about Langtree Park's involvement in the upcoming World Cup and his thoughts that improving or changing the RFL and last week's uh, postponements of the EGM. And of course, the big talking point today how the Northern Rail Cup won't be taking place next year in 2014. We'll be going through that shortly too, so plenty to get through. And as ever, we want to hear from you tonight, please. You can get in touch with us on Twitter, find us at CityTalk1059 or use the hashtag InTouchTalk. So good evening to uh, the gentlemen in the studio tonight, Steve and Mike. They're at the top of the tower with me. How are you both? Yeah, good, thanks. Yourself? Go a bit closer, Mike. Don't be afraid. Get in there. Mr Manning? Good evening, Lauren. Good evening, everybody. I've had a great week, and uh, it's nice to see that the spat's still going on with the RFL and uh, this power struggle. Nice to see. Well, at least something will come out of it positive, won't it, instead of just spin, 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 and people not agreeing with it, but going along with it when they're actually saying what they think. I have to say that I'm quite pleased with uh, Mike's presence here this evening, as last week we had Wigan's Matty Smith in the studio. And, uh, Ex-Saint. Y- yes, well, yeah, current Wigan, let's, come on. Champions. We also had Ernie, Ernie Benbow from League 13, also a big Wigan fan, and, and Matty's Mrs. Jen was in here too, and now... I've got some uh, allegiances with the St. Helens. Jen, Jen was a St. Helens supporter apart from when Matty's playing. Yeah, that's true. That Same. is true. Yeah. Um, so, Mike, we're going to talk about what's been going on at Langtree Park as well this season. But first, Northern Rail Cup headlines again. We've got the World Cup kicking off in nine days and there's been a lot of uh, talk on Twitter today after this uh, letter emerged, or this email, should I say, that went around the clubs uh, this week saying how the Northern Rail Cup won't be taking place next year. First of all, Steve, what was your reaction to that? Well, again... I'm trying to be positive, but, you know, part and parcel of uh, what I just spoke about is about sponsorship. And here when we're talking about sponsorship, it's been going for over 10 years and it's gone. Whether it'll come back is another thing. But, you know, you, you can't afford to lose sponsorship like that. And I know they're saying it's transitional because of what may be happening next season. But uh, come on, uh, the way that they devised it this season, I, I, I don't see why they have, they have as it were, uh, dropped drop the sponsor. Well, they haven't dropped the sponsor now about... 15 minutes ago, I was on the phone to someone from the RFL. We were hoping to get somebody on the show tonight, now actually, but the, the guy we are going to speak to is on a train uh, going into Glossop or somewhere like that with there's no signal in the round in the Peak District at uh, South Manchester Way. So um, I had a chat to uh, a source at the RFL who told me that 
they haven't lost the sponsorship. The sponsorship was always due to expire in July of this year after the competition finished when Lee won it again. Lee, of course, most successful uh, side in the competition. We're going to get Paul Rowley on as well, but he's gone off on his jollies and is on a plane right now. So not, a tra- not a train. So not a train. <laughs> so everyone's like in transition moving around. Um, but the RFL have told me tonight that the sponsorship with the Northern Rail ended this year in July, which was planned. And... Everything is changing as we speak. They're still in talks with Northern Rail to continue to be involved, although it won't be for the Cup in 2014. So definitely no Cup. But that is, was apparently always likely to happen. I don't know why it has only been confirmed today or why the, you know, the, the email that was sent to the chief execs of the championship clubs, mm-hmm. why it was only leaked today. Uh, but there are apparently plans afoot to relaunch the competition altogether in 2015. Now, this is all going to coincide with the league restructuring, which we still don't know what's yeah. happening, which you mentioned earlier, and we'll talk about that in a minute too. Um, and, of course, on Wednesday, the Super League clubs are going to be meeting again uh, with Brian Barwick for the first time since Ian Lenigan called a meeting a couple of weeks ago, which yeah. led to the postponement of the EGM. So, effectively, the gist that I've got from the RFL today is depending on what happens on that meeting, depending how they're going to take... The league forward for 2015 will depend what kind of cup competition they're going to have. But Northern Rail are likely to still be involved in some capacity. So they haven't lost the sponsorship. The deal just expired. Why they didn't have a deal until 2014 anyway, I don't know. It just seems to me, obviously, I know there's all this controversy. All right, I'm I'm playing devil's advocate about the cup and other sponsor loss. But why leave it now? with what's been happening. Why not at the end of that uh, competition when Lee win it, mm-hmm. you know, a few weeks later on that feel good factor and, you know, uh, say, you know, that the, the sponsorship is gone, you know, the sponsorship is finished now, but they're going to be coming back to us in another guise in a couple of years. It makes life a lot easier because it does. If you think about it and what you said, you know, you spoke to your sources. Uh, but, but the thing is that, you know, it, it, it looks, it's another, another spanner in the works, isn't it? Sort of thing, you know, another sponsor gone, you know, from a, from the championship, championship one, and that's where the the money is desperately needed. Obviously, uh, the other slant is in relation to this problem is that the money shouldn't be going there. We've already had uh, some reaction in on Twitter this evening from uh, Tom. He says, uh, it's a joke. In 2010, little old Batley made history. Mm. Also, anyone can win the trophy. It's the Championship Challenge Cup day out. Keep your thoughts coming in, please. You can find us at CityTalk1059 or use the hashtag InTouchTalk. Mike, you're looking very quiet over there. Um, what is your reaction to it all? Another that's well, been interpreted very negatively. You type in Northern Rail on Twitter and it's just a storm of you know, non-positive headlines, shall we say. Uh, negative. I thought you were talking about Steve then. <gasps> I think uh, I think there's, there's, there's two things we need to look at, really. I think the, the first thing is that uh, whenever you speak to players, they want to play in matches that... Uh, that make a difference. They want to play in, in the big games, and you know, with this cup competition disappearing from the uh, from the league for a season, you know, that's one less competition the players have to play for. You know, and the fact that we don't know the league structure for 2015, it seems to take away that kind of element of, you know, something to look forward to. And if you look at it from the from the other side, the, the other side of it, really, you've got you know the fans. Are, I'm a, I live in Lee, and I know what a big day it was for for the league club and also the Lee fans as well. And uh, you know the the place was was chocker. They had a fantastic time. It was really good in the town centre afterwards. And, and and again, you're losing that kind of, you know, that's what sports all about, isn't it? So it's a shame that uh, they couldn't run the the competition without a sponsor. You know, was it, you know, could they could they have done it without a sponsor? Could they have just kept it on in the uh, the, the current guise as it is? Well, there is some speculation that some of the clubs may decide to run it anyway. Some kind of 
competition in its place as it obviously won't be the Northern Rail Cup competition but something else in its place and there's all this talk about what will happen to the, the trophy now will just league get to, to keep it as they've won it the most time uh, the, the most amount of times I don't know Steve Well I'm not sure about that all. Mike just touched on it there a good day out obviously this season it was a little bit controversial they held it to Halifax No trip to Blackpool this year Well that that was it and uh, you know the clubs decided that the RFL decided that's what the clubs wanted but uh, I was talking to Mike on the way here and uh, you know, Blackpool is charismatic for a good weekend sort of thing. And the fact that, you know, the clubs went to Blackpool, the fans went to Blackpool, they bought into it. No disrespect, whatever spin you put on the crowd for it this year, it wasn't as good as it was when it was at Blackpool. And it loses that little bit of zest, you know. All right, they're never going to get the road to Wembley, but the road to Blackpool's good. Now, you take this away, and at one stage, the Championship and Championship 1 clubs were looking at what they wanted was like a Manchester-type magic. Now, if they, they might bring that back in the guys, and to me, you played at Blackpool or you played at Fylde, where you've got a, a lot of dressing rooms. But but they needed something, and when it lost, when, when they moved away from Blackpool, it lost its magic. And I've been watching uh, games at, uh, at Blackpool these finals, and the fans really buy into it. And I know that Lee St. Jones won it a few times, and they certainly bought into going to uh, Blackpool. You know, it was a great atmosphere, and that's not knocking what they had this time. But the crowds were down and. I think that says it all, doesn't it, unfortunately? And it is cliche to say, but the, the cup has a sort of magic to it. Whatever mm. cup it is, there's a magic to it that you don't you don't get in the league. And I think it is going to be a miss when we still don't know exactly what's going to be happening with the Super League and Championship restructuring for the year after. So I guess it's uh, going to remain to be seen. But you can get in touch with us tonight. Let us know your reaction to it. Um, find us at CityTalk1059. Use the hashtag InTouchTalk. What do you think to the Northern Rail Cup not taking place next year? The RFL telling us today that uh, the sponsorship just expired in July. It hasn't been scrapped and uh, there's a possibility of the Cup returning in some form in 2015. So changing the subject now, turning our attention to St Helens, to you, Mike Appleton. You're the media man there. I'm hoping you can tell us uh, some things that have been going on behind the scenes. It's been a, a pretty topsy-turvy year for St Helens. Um, you've been handling the press and you know the front face of the club, so to speak, with all the headlines and Eamon's statement after the whole KR game several months ago. You know What, what was it like? Uh, it was interesting, Lauren, to be honest with you. Um, I've been at the club since 2007 and, uh, you know, I've seen, I've seen a lot of success and I've seen a lot of, you know, disappointments after after grand finals. And, and this year with, you know, we had a year where we bedded into the into the stadium and, and this year when, the, you know, the, the cladding was going up, we're going to get our stadium completed, uh, new culture coming, new players it was, you know, it was, it was an exciting time, and unfortunately, we suffered, you know, injury after injury. I, I remember um, I was down at uh, London, and in the second half of the, the London Broncos game, we had twelve first team players out, and that is that is tough. You know, it's uh, there's there's no way of getting around that when that happens. Uh, the, the good side to all that was, you know, the the kids that came through. We had, you know, nine debutants from the academy system this year, which was fantastic. Kids that I've seen. You know, coming through the scholarship as well, so I feel like a little bit of a, a bit, bit of an uncle to them, really, a bit of a dad to them. Sometimes it's uh, it's been great seeing the, seeing these kids come through. Um, but which I is going to stand you in good stead for later campaigns for ne- for next season, especially. Absolutely, when you see you know the likes of you know Matt Percival played, you know the amount of games he did, and then he he got injured, and now he's going to have a really good strong preseason, and he'll be back into contention next year. You look at Greg Richards who came through. You know, he did a he did a cracking job, and Luke Thompson didn't look out of place, and and that's what the sport's all about, isn't it? That's what rugby league's about. It's about bringing 
kids in and uh, you know getting them through the first team and hopefully going to international honours as well. We're going to hear from Chairman Eamon McManus in just a moment, but talk us through like how it works for you behind the scenes to work at, at St Helens. The general fan might not really know what you do on on a daily basis. So, what's the sort of issues you handle, and how do you go about you know putting that that media spin on it for dealing with us journalists on a daily basis? Uh, it's a difficult one to answer, really. Um, it's, uh, it's I'm a fan of the club as well, which uh, which helps. So I, you know, I I always see the the positive side of what's happening there, which uh, is very easy to put a, a put a positive spin on things. You know, when you when you lose games, I always think there's a positive there's a positive angle to come out of that, and I suppose that's uh, that's my job. I deal with uh, with journalists all over the country and uh, you know all over the world as well, which is a, a fantastic part of the job. I get to deal with Steve as well and. You know the, the stuff. The stuff that Steve does with the uh, with our academy players is is fantastic. With getting them used to um, being interviewed in the media, we you know we put them in front of Steve first before they kind of make the step up to perhaps speaking to yourself or speaking to a, speaking to another radio station. So it's uh, it's good. It's varied. Um, What's not good about it? Because you've been very positive here. It's got to have its its bad days. I've spoken to you off air, and I know every day is not good. So I mean, it's it's like anywhere, isn't it? But when when you you know, the chips are down and you have got times like you did earlier this season. It's, it's got to be difficult, I suppose, at times to, you know, keep keep the, 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 the positive vibe coming out. Yeah, that's true. I, I think when we went, um, was it was it six in a row, Steve? We'd lost six in a row, six, six or seven. Uh, you just edged out to the eight and the doom and gloom merchants were out, weren't they? And, uh, you know, I've got my own views, albeit that I don't support the club, but uh, I've, I've got my views. I think they're a fantastic club and... Uh, if you look at this season, all right, it didn't. You say it's not how you started, it's how you finished, and they finished in a glorious defeat for next season. And uh, but but that was a, a moment where it was doom and gloom, and everybody well, we're not finishing the eight. But uh, again, everybody pulled together, didn't they? And um, like I say, I'm like I'm like Mike. I'm aware of the kids coming through. I've been doing what I do with the academy for over ten years now, and you see them coming through, and you know they're there. And the speckies, I'm not not dis- dissing the speckies. That they want the instant success that they had in uh, you know the early uh, part of uh, 2000, 2000 up to about two thousand and five and six. They they want instant success and buy him, buy him, buy Tom Briscoe, buy that. Well, if you buy them, you're not going to get these kids coming through. And uh, obviously, him and you know he's put a lot of money into the academy system. Uh, obviously, there are a lot of clubs haven't, but he has, and he wants them players coming through. And I know Mike's mentioned about these youngsters coming through. And we talk about the injuries. Anthony Walker is in the Wales squad for the World Cup. I mean, how good's that? Mm, and speaking about you know Eamon, they well, I suppose it helps when you do have situations like you did earlier this year when you you can go to your chairman, you speak to him, you you produce that statement which you did say, which Eamon was like calling sort of for calm and for fan support and getting behind Nathan Brown and the team, which has only got to make your job easier. It, it well, it it did really. Yeah, uh, we had a we had a lot of negative, um, a, a lot of negative talk from from our own fans um quite a lot coming in on the social media social media can be a fantastic thing it can be very easy for me to get information out to the fans about tickets you know signings is normally the first place we go but you know it's a two-way street isn't it so it was coming back in in droves and, and it as a fan myself it's difficult to read that stuff sometimes because you know that these people have uh they have a point you know i want the team to win as much as uh, as much as they do and uh, but I see what goes on behind the scenes, and there was never a point in the season where I thought we're not going to win another game. You know, I was, I was always confident. I could see what the lads were doing at training, and you, you, you said before about a positive spin coming out. But I, I knew that we were going to turn it round. And and when we went over to Leeds and and did what we did, when we beat Leeds at, at Headingley, 
Um, that was a big turning point. Yeah, I, but I knew it was coming. Mm. It, it was bizarre. I was I was on my way over in the kit van um, to the match, and I thought this is going to be a special night. And you know, there's probably eight nine hundred fans that went over and 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 saw that. And we, it was a fantastic win, and they kickstarted us from there. But as soon as as soon as we got, you know, James Roby came back, and we got Johnny Lomax fit, and you could just see the the, the team moving on. Well, we'll hear from uh, James Roby a little bit later. But speaking of Eamon McManus, he released another statement uh, this week talking about how Langtree Park are going to be hosting uh, some of the, the World Cup games coming up next month and uh, about his views on the proposed changes and the World Cup. I caught up with him yesterday. Joined on the line now on City Talk 105.9 by St Helens chairman Eamon McManus. He's released a statement this week about how he's looking forward to the World Cup. Langtree Park, of course, hosting the Australia-Fiji game on Saturday the 2nd of November. We'll talk about that shortly. Good evening, Eamon. Thank you for speaking to us this evening. Yeah, well, I think, as you mentioned, Lauren, the, the World Cup game, it's, it's, it's a fantastic fixture and a privilege for, for St Helens to be hosting um, Australia against Fiji. You know, we're not just, I think, uh, going to see some of the best players in the world at the moment. We're probably seeing some of the best players in the, in the history of the game playing for Australia um, against what will be a, a very competitive and uh, very exciting Fijian side. So it couldn't come at a better time for us as a club and as a town. We've got this fantastic new stadium that we've just made uh, significant further improvements to in, in, in recent weeks and have just been completed. And we're already and primed and looking forward to what's going to be a great occasion for the town and for the game. Given some of the headlines that have been emerging uh, recently regarding postponed EGMs last week and so on, how important is it that we get behind uh, what is set to be an incredible sporting spectacle on, on our shores in uh, just yeah, uh, a week's it's a, time? It's, it's a little irritating, actually, because um, I can, it's been a storm in a teacup. What What's just kind of relatively minor points of... of uh, governance and corporate structure within Super League, um, which can and must be dealt with constructively and privately, um, have taken on a life of their own, which it doesn't deserve. Uh, so, I mean, the only thing that I'm interested in as of today is a successful and high-profile World Cup, and that, that it will be and that, that we richly deserve. Thereafter, we can then consolidate on, on the improvements uh, uh, in the game, which the World Cup will bring and the profile that we will bring, to make further improvements to to Super League and, and the game as a whole, which which the uh, clubs are advanced with, and I'm very confident will be adopted in the not too distant future. But there's no understating really how important it is that we market this World Cup to the best of our abilities and sort of really get it out there, get our sport, rugby league, especially over here in the UK, on the international stage as well. We're going to have thousands and millions of people tuning in from Australia and New Zealand and yep. around the world. It is. It's exciting in the extreme, and uh, we we must take the opportunity, as you say, to to market and raise the profile of the game during this unique um, four weeks, four or five weeks that we have ahead of us. Uh, it, in some ways, you know, it's, it's it's getting pretty blanket coverage on terrestrial TV and others. Um, it's uh, got a spread of games throughout the country and overseas in in great stadia, uh, and it's got all the ingredients of being a great success and providing great entertainment, not just for existing rugby league fans, but for sporting fans who uh, will buy into the concept and, and watch the games, whether it be on TV or live. 
for a, a club level now, Eamon, you released it a couple of weeks ago, promising financial figures for, for the season just gone. And needless to say, towards the end of the season, we saw Saints getting back to what we, we know that they can achieve. How do you see this uh, assess last season as a whole? Well, it, it, um, it's, it, now that the season's over, um, it, it, it's quite clear it was a difficult season for us. It was a season of, of change uh, in terms of personnel within the side, in terms of positional changes and balance within the team. Uh, necessary changes were made. They were even more difficult to make at a time of, of uh, you know, a prolonged injury crisis which we suffered. But uh, Nathan Brown had the strength of mind and strength of character to, to pursue those, and it certainly showed dividends towards the end of the season. We were uh, desperately unlucky to to lose to Leeds. It's a game I think we could and should have won, uh, and if we had, I think we could have gone all the way. So. Given the season beforehand, uh, you know the end result uh, shows great, great promise for next season and beyond. And I certainly believe we have a stronger and better balanced season next season, uh, team next season. You've already re-signed a handful of players that are on the youth contracts, as well as bringing in new faces like Kyle Amor and Mossy Maso and so on. I mean, can we be seeing any any more new faces? Do you think in the in the coming weeks before the uh, the, the pre-season begins? Can you give uh, us an at insight? At this point in time, I, I would say no. Um, the the uh, should we say that the the planned um, signings have been made? Um, we kind of identified where we need to strengthen and and who should be strengthening it, and I think we've done pretty well. Uh, that said, in in sport generally, and rugby league's no different, and St Helens is no different. Things do change in personnel, so um, it could be fluid in the future. We we'll wait and see, but there's nothing planned at this point in time. That's Saints chairman Eamon McManus. We're going to take a short break now on City Talk 105.9, but afterwards we'll be joined on the line by Warrington's Lee Briz. In touch, City Talk's Rugby League Lowdown. City Talk 105.9. Welcome back to In Touch on City Talk 105.9. I'm Lauren Moss, Steve Manning and Saints insider Mike Appleton join me at the top of the tower. Still to come tonight, we'll be chatting to witnesses Lloyd White, who's at the Wales camp. But before we do, we're joined on the line also from Wales now by uh, Warrington hero Lee Briz. Evening, Lee. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Uh, yeah, very well, thank you. How's it going there at uh, the Wales training camp? What's um, What's been going on? Yeah, it's been good. We uh, we went into camp last Wednesday down at, uh, in Colwyn Bay, the the Nassau facility there and it's, uh, it's an excellent setup. Uh, we we've, we come home yesterday for two days break before we go back up to the Celtic Manor down in South Wales but we got a lot done. Uh, we put a lot of structures in place and, and the boys trained really and everything what we needed was there for us on um, our doorstep down in Colwyn Bay and it was, it was a fantastic camp. And from a personal perspective as well you, you've said uh, very publicly how you want to get into coaching and so on. I mean how how is it all going for you? It's good. It's, it's, it's longer hours, obviously. Uh, you, we're just training, you, you turn up, put your boots on, train and finish, but obviously coaching. You probably start at 8 o'clock in the morning, it's 8 at night with doing some video clips. So it's, it's longer than I'm used to, but I'm loving every minute. You had a run out uh, yesterday against uh, a side there at Colwyn Bay. Were, were there any problems with injuries or did everything go as you'd want it going into this World Cup? Yeah, well, everything went according to plan. Uh, obviously, we we were going to always win the game. Obviously, the the uh, Wales select team was only put together a few weeks before and didn't really train. So it went according to planning what we wanted to do. Obviously, some of the boys are still a bit rusty, not played for a long time. But the structures what we put in place throughout the week, uh, some of them paid off in the game. Uh, obviously, we'll we'll go back and analyse the video and 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 train uh, train our weaknesses 
trend on our weaknesses uh, leading up to the Italy game. And Lee, it's obviously not something you want to dwell on now, but got to ask, grand final, an incredible season, making another final two years running. How hard is it to, to get over that disappointment? I know you'll have pushed it to one side now, focusing on the World Cup, but it must have been you know, really, really tough a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, thanks for bringing it back up. Sorry. <laughs> no, obviously it's tough, but you know, it's, as professional sportsmen, uh, you get challenges throughout your every every other week, so you've you got to move on and, and, and learn from that. Obviously, two two years in advance is not a good feeling, but and there's, there's worse people off in the world than, than us guys. We'd, we'd rather be there in the final losing it than, than not making it at all, so we're making massive strides at Warrington, and hopefully we won't be uh, too far away from winning one of them. And speaking of massive strides, this week uh, it's been announced you've signed Wigan fullback Matthew Russell from uh, Gold Coast Titans. Two-year deal. He's only 20. He's going to play for Scotland to make his debut in the World Cup. With Brett Hodgson leaving, Stefan Ratchford in that position, what will Russell bring? Will he provide extra cover or competition for places? Yeah, it was a signing out of the blue, to be fair. I didn't uh, know he was on the radar, but uh, it's a great signing for the club. And uh, I remember playing against him when he, he was on loan to Hull, and he's very difficult lad to, to bring down. He's very elusive in the Jason Robinson's mould, if you like. Uh, obviously, been over to Australia. Had uh, a year over in Australia. Got probably some great experience out there and, and it's going to come back hopefully a better player. And uh, he, He's a great addition to our club and he'll be welcome with open arms. So tell us about your new book now. We've got uh, Mike Appleton who helped you write it in here in the studio as well. We're going to grill him on the writing process in a second. Uh, off the cuff, out early next month. Um, is it like sort of a chronological account of, of your life, a bit like Adrian Morley's was last year? And what, what is in it? What can we expect? Yeah, it's exactly that. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's where I've uh, been brought up and, and, and what's happened in the middle to where I am now, to be fair. And uh, yeah, it, it's, it's an interesting way, I think, so anyway. It, it was quite easy for me because Mike Mike's been fantastic with it. It's I'm I'm quite laid back person, so he's, he's had to be patient and and he, he has been. He's, he's been a, he's been a tower of three and on. But it's it's all about my life and where I've come from, what I've needed to do to to get where I am, and and hopefully, like I say, it's going to be a good read for for the Bums out there. And I think that's what it's all about, isn't it, Lee? I mean, a lot of people know a bit about you, but hopefully, at the end of the read, they'll know everything about you. Yeah, that's the thing. Obviously, there's a perception of Libri as what uh, people have out there. Hopefully, this book will will give them the real me. Uh, everybody's entitled to opinions and, and what go, goes on, and they they probably only see me for eighty minutes uh, on on a Sunday or Saturday afternoon, you know. So there's a whole lot in between. I'm a, I'm a father to two great kids, uh, I'm, I'm a partner to a great parent, uh, Vicky, and and also a son to to two great parents, and it's all in there and. Uh, like I said, people are going to see me on a weekend and, and think that's Lee Bears, but no, there's, there's a lot more to, to me. I was reading the synopsis on Amazon actually, and it said uh, about some wild antics going on uh, naked singing in the dressing room, really? <laughs> yeah, well, obviously, I don't want to give too much away because uh, there'll be a lot of people listening. So, yeah, it, like I said, it'll be out on the, on the 2nd of November, I think it is, and you yeah, pick. Go, go and buy and you'll, you'll read about the, the, <laughs> the naked singing. What a pro. Uh, Lee, you've been playing for, for so many years now. What would be the most important piece of advice you'd give to a young player coming through now? Oh, you, you, you've got to have dedication and work hard. You know, it's, it's a brutal game and, and if you're not 100% in your, in your work ethics and you, you, you won't succeed, unfortunately, and uh, it's not like the old days when I started. It, I probably wouldn't have been where I am now. I'm just starting. I've had to adapt. Uh, but but along the way, I've never lost 
touching where I am and who, where I come from, and and you got to have fun. Right? If if you don't enjoy what you're doing, and let's face it, if you're playing rugby, you're loving it, and you get paid to do it. It's it's a great sport, and it's great for any kids to come and join. No, but yeah, if, you got to have fun along the way. Cheers, Lee. Well, thanks for speaking to us tonight. Off the cuff, it's out to buy early next month. Good luck uh, for the World Cup and everything with Wales, and we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks a lot, guys. Cheers. Take care. Bye. 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 So, Mike, let's uh, ask you now. Um, right in the book, he said you had to be patient. Uh, tell us, what, what was it like? Do you have to have lots of meetings, or are you just sort of like chatting on the phone whenever you could get hold of him and just listening to what he said and recording it and then writing it out? Like, how does it work? Yeah, well, uh, I was approached by Vertical Editions, who were the publisher, back in 2010, whether I'd be interested in, in working with Lee. And, uh, you know, as a Saints fan, I'd known of Lee. I'd known what happened to him in, in 1997 when, uh, unfortunately, I had to leave the club to go to Warrington. And uh, I was quite interested to find out find out more. Um, so we agreed to meet in the, in the Griffin in St. Helens. That's a free plug for them there. I'm sorry about that. But uh, <laughs> we agreed to meet there over a, over a couple of coffees and um, just kind of got to know each other, really. And, uh, you know, he agreed to... He to agreed to work with me and I agreed to work with him really because that was quite important that uh, I felt I had to gain his trust and uh, and vice versa. So then it was, you know, um, I'd prepare some research and week by week we'd meet and sometimes it was twice a week and then other times it was once every two months because Lee plays a lot of golf. <laughs> so, so he, like, he will do, yeah. In fact, he did take his clubs. He did take his clubs over. Right. So how long did it actually take from like start to, to about, get into this stage? About three years. Oof. At which, at which time there was still lots more going on, like the pre-season tour in Australia and all that business as well. Is that all in there too? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we tried to get the book out last year, but um, with Lee deciding to, uh, play, more to golf. play another year, play more golf, <laughs> it was it was worth putting it in. Um, but one thing we tried to do in the book, as as Lee said, is to try and challenge that perception of him as being a bit of a bit of a party boy, really. And uh, you know, we do open with. I know the perception of me, and he tries to put to, put to rest some of the some of the myths about him. Really, um, it's it's an honest book. It's quite revealing. Uh, I've read it about ten times, so uh, so I'm hoping I'm hoping people like it as well. But um, yeah, it's honest. It's revealing. It, it, he pulls no punches in how he thinks the the sport should uh, should improve. But above all, he doesn't come across as a as a rugby league superstar, which I think people like. It, it is um, you know it's a story about a, a down to earth player who uh, has never lost never lost where he's come from, he's never lost his roots. I tell you what, you can tell you work in PR <laughs> No, it's, it's true, it's true. And, and, and Lee knows I'm, I'm saying this not to, uh, I'm not trying to fluff him up or anything like that, you know he's um, you know, we've been through quite a lot in the past uh, past three years together and uh, you know, I've learned a lot about him, he's, you know, when you let a stranger into your home as well, which is which is what he's done but I, I, I'm sure people will like it That's off the cuff, it's out to buy early next month. Let's turn our attention to England now. Today, Steve McNamara named his squad for Saturday's Friendly with Italy. Uh, full squad to choose from, apart from Ben Westwood, who's suspended, and Sean O'Loughlin, who's got trouble with his Achilles still. Gareth Hawk in the squad. Um, what do we think we're going to see at the weekend? It's going to be a chance for McNamara to, to really show what he, he can do. I don't think he's going to be wanting Australia to see his exact formation just yet. I think as much as anything, is in a, a no-win situation. Italy are, are clusters one of the minnows aren't they but they've got a lot of uh, NRL experience within their side sort of thing uh, obviously with Italian ancestry now if they batter them they'll get bagged for the team that they played if it's a close game they'll get bagged because they didn't put them to bed And uh, but it's one of them you want a game where you, you're potentially going to win and you can try your moves that you're going to take into the World Cup and I think that's what it's all about and uh, 
if they get a result and we meet Australia next week, jobs are good and it's, it's worked. Well, let's hear from Wigan's Sam Tompkins now. He's been speaking from the training camp in South Africa. I think everyone's enjoying it. Um, certainly getting a bit of sun on our backs is nice. Um, but yeah, the training's been intense this week. I think everyone's you know, got a lot from it so far. Second time you've been here now, do you feel benefit this year more so than last year? Yeah, it's good. I think it's you know it's you know world class facilities here, and um, you know I think we're lucky to be able to come. Um, I think we everything we need, you know, right right in front of us, the field, the gyms, or everything's everything's top spec. So you know it's it's the best preparation we could possibly have, and I suppose that's what we need. How does it make you feel when it, when it, when you're reading the press that Sam Tompkins, England's great great hope? Um, it's you know it, it's nice to hear. I think there's a um, you know, there's a big responsibility on everyone to perform in this team. Um, I think we've got bags and bags of potential, but you know that that doesn't win you anything, does it? So um, I think there's there's hope on everyone, and, and everyone's got to make sure they do every little thing they can, and, and that starts this week in, in camp, and, and everyone so far has been spot on. So I think if, if everyone can perform to, um, as I say, the potential, then we could do something special. Can we win the World Cup? Yeah, definitely. What would it mean to you if you did it? Um, to win the World Cup would be it'd be absolutely everything. Um, I've, I've been lucky enough to win to win trophies before with, with Wigan, but um, I'd certainly swap them for a World Cup. Do you feel we've yet to see the best of Sam Tompkins on the international stage? Yeah, I think so. I think you know you always play best when you've you've got good players around you, and and this team that we've got this year is is probably the best that I've been involved in. So um, yeah, hopefully I'll be able to to perform. How does it feel now that you've managed to sort out your, your personal future after the World Cup? We all know you're going to the NRL now. Is it like a pressure off your mind now? Um, not, not too. It was never really a pressure, to be honest. Um, you know, there was rumours started way before, way before anything was sorted. So I think people uh, were expecting answers sooner than sooner than I can give it. But um, yeah, now it's all done, and I can look forward to it. I'm looking forward to getting in and, and sort of meeting the meeting the players there. But I understand the the job. Um, in hand at the moment is certainly the World Cup. There's a real buzz now back home with that opening game, what, two weeks away. How do you cope with the pressure? Um, I think we've got to embrace that pressure and, and, and use it as a little bit of motivation. We know that that first game is going to be huge for us and um, you know winning that would sort of give us a, an easier ride into the final but um, you know we know that we're, we're not playing a, a bad team are we in Australia the best in the world so we're going to have to do everything we can to, to make sure we if we perform to our full potential then there's no reason we can't beat them that's Wigan Sam Tompkins there speaking from England's training camp in South Africa. So all the sides are arriving in the UK now. An unusual situation in Warrington this week. The town is the training camp for Samoa and Wolves' new signing for next year. Roy Asatozi, who switched from New Zealand to play for Samoa, didn't fly with the rest of the squad. He hasn't given them a reason. He just didn't arrive at the airport and wasn't on the plane and now won't be playing. Also this week, Australia, a squad based in Manchester, they went clubbing on their first night over here. And one of the team got robbed, had some money stolen. So, uh, yeah, again, some more fantastic uh, headlines coming out there. But uh, we will be talking a little bit more about the World Cup in just a moment. Uh, hearing from James Roby and witnesses Lloyd White on In Touch. In Touch. In Touch. On City Talk 105.9. 
It is In Touch on City Talk 105.9, just coming up to 10 to 7 now. I'm Laura Moss, joined by Steve Manning and Saints insider Mike Appleton. Before the break, we heard from Sam Tompkins and Lee Breers joined us on the line too. If you missed any of that, you can listen to the show again online or download the In Touch podcast. Say hello to Natalie Quirk, who's listening at home. She's uh, preparing her Rugby League World Cup notes. She will, of course, be presenting many of the games on uh, Premier Sports as well when it all kicks off next Saturday. Uh, Steve, one for you. Um, uh, was I going to say that uh, Italy's uh, team captain have said that they would like to have Wigan over there in the uh, the what am I talking about the what's coming next World. February World Club Challenge that was it I was going to call it Capital Challenge you though. said New Zealand then no Italy's captain oh, in a minute, yellow. Yeah, 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 yeah. he wants to have uh, Wigan over there so do you fancy a trip down under uh, yes I'm quite pleased to do this on behalf of uh, In Touch at City Talk <laughs> <laughs> Let's turn our attention to uh, Witness Vikings now. A number of their players are on uh, international duty for Ireland this week. uh, But Lloyd White is in Wales. He struggled with an ankle injury in the latter half of the campaign, but returned before the end of the season for the Vikings. He was Wales' Player of the Year in 2011 and should be part of the side to take on Italy and Cardiff next Saturday. We're joined on the line now on In Touch by Witness Vikings' Lloyd White, who's uh, with the Wales camp at the minute, preparing for their opening World Cup game against Italy next Saturday. Good evening, Lloyd. Thanks for speaking to us. Hi, thanks. You're welcome. So, uh, how's it been going? What's uh, the training camp been like so far? Uh, yeah, it's been pretty good. Started off, um, you know, just getting, to, getting back into the habits with each other and then starting to get into a routine of training together. And Yesin Harris has been very complimentary to the, the current uh, squad that he's got at the minute. 14 Super League players, that, I think that's the highest number of Super League players ever in the, the Wales international squad. So, I mean, how, how are you assessing the team? Um, well, I think we look at them in pretty good state. You know, we've been building towards the World Cup for the past um, two or three years. So, you know, this is where we wanted to be. And it shows, you know, we've got a lot more Super League players in now and a lot more experience. So, hopefully, we can take that onto the pitch. And you had a good run out against the Welsh Select this week as well. How, how was that and how well do you think that's going to prepare you for Italy next week? Um, yeah, it was, def- it was something that we definitely needed to get. Um, we needed to iron out a few well, kinks that we might have had. And then, um, you know, we've still got a lot to work on, which is that, from that match has shown us. So, you know, we can work on that now next week and take that into Italy. And can I just ask you, Lloyd, what the situation is with uh, Rob Massam? He's making quite a few headlines today, obviously, with him playing part-time in North Wales Crusaders, having to not work while he's on international duty. And I know that the North Wales Crusaders are working hard to, to raise some money to sort of help him out so he can stay with international duty. But, I mean, what? how does that affect the team and what do you know about it? Um, well, I don't know too much about it, to be honest. Rob's not one of those guys that's going to um, start moaning about <laughs> not earning the money while he's away. He's, you know, he's, he's in camp because he wants to be there and he's enjoying it. And he wants to represent his country. So, you know, I think regardless whether um, the Crusaders up north would have um, been raising some money for him, I think he'd be there anyway. He wants to play for his country. He's, he's a proud kid. So, you know, but that's just the way it is at the moment. Um, we don't have the funding to be able to pay the players um, the money that they need to get whilst being out of their jobs, I suppose. So. How much of a miss will uh, Andy Powell be? Because uh, obviously we're going to have ruled him out. Um, I don't, I don't really know him personally, but from things I've heard, he's a, he's a big character. As you know, it's always good to have him around camp. Um, he's obviously he's played a few games for Wigan now, and he looks um, like he's doing well. But it's unfortunate with his injury, but 
you know, come back next year now and um, keep improving, which is what he needs to do at the moment, I think. And there was all the talk earlier this year about would uh, Lee Breers come out of uh, international retirement and play in the World Cup. We had him on the show earlier. Uh, what's it like uh, working with him as, he, as he's there as part of the coaching setup? Uh, yeah, it's really good. You know, he's one of those um, guys that, you know, when, so- when someone talks, everyone listens. Um, everyone's got a lot of respect for him. And um, he's a good bloke to have around camp, whether he's playing or coaching. He's got a lot of experience in he passes as much of that as he can onto us. Yourself, with your ankle injury, you're fully fit and feeling ready and raring to go for the World Cup and indeed staying fit set for next year too. Yeah, I managed to get um, two games in at the end of the season, which helped me, I think, um, helped me get back a little bit of confidence. So, you know, I'm fully fit now, been training well and um, body feels good and ready to go. And what about the the new signings that that Witness have made? Uh, you've got a, a handful of players coming in there with like Danny Galea and uh, Liam Carberry and Danny Tickle. We spoke to last week, Paul Johnson as well. So uh, things seem busy behind the scenes there. Yeah, there's definitely good things going on there. We're strengthening our squad, which is what we need, and um, hopefully we can carry on improvement, improving. And they're all coming back to Witness, I believe, at the end of this month. I think that's what Danny said. You obviously uh, won't be there and some of the other lads that are off uh, with Ireland as well. So will you get a few weeks off before you head back and start preparing for, for pre-season? Yeah, I think um, whenever the, the tournament finishes for us, I think we'll have about three or four weeks off, depending on what state of fitness um, we can, our condition applies things we're in. So hopefully if we keep ourselves fit, we'll have about three weeks off and then we're back into pre-season with the rest of the boys then. And how does you know, playing for your national side with Wales, work, how will that help you um, at a club level as well? Uh, well, hopefully, you know, just keep up, um, I, I think keep a bit of rustiness, to be honest. You know, it's going to help us playing playing through um, the off-season when other boys aren't playing. So it'll keep our skill level up and our fitness levels as well. So hopefully when we do start pre-season, um, we'll be raring to go. Shouldn't have any problems getting straight back into it, really. And Lloyd, you've got uh, is it a year to go on your contract at Witness still remaining? Yeah, I've got one year left, yeah. So, I mean, how do you, how do you see uh, yourself in the future? What are some of your personal ambitions? First and foremost, I need to have a good World Cup now. And then after that, looking on to Witness. Um, I've had a couple of injury-ridden seasons, so I need to hope that I don't get any injuries and then play to the best of my ability and then hopefully put myself forward for a new contract because... That's what I'm going to be playing for at the end of the day. That's Witness Vikings' Lloyd White there. Well, we're just about out of time now on In Touch. If you listen to the In Touch podcast, which will be available to listen to online at citytalk.fm, you can hear James Roby, uh, James Roby's views from uh, the, the South Africa training camp. Steve's nodding at me. Get your words out. I've just had like a, a major crash in the last two minutes. I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, big thanks to uh, Steve and Mike Appleton for joining us in the studio again tonight. Uh, Mike and Lee Bruce's book, Off the Cuff, is out to buy at the beginning of November Libra's autobiography enjoy the Salford spectacle this weekend England versus Italy and the Knights take on Samoa just before that join us again next week as we get ready to kick off the World Cup 2013 this is In Touch City Talk's Rugby League Lowdown with Lauren Moss and Steve Manning City Talk 105.9 The Vodafone Big Top 4
Hello there and welcome back. You're listening to the Extra In Touch podcast. I'm Lauren Moss. On the show tonight, we ran out of time. We didn't get round to hearing from James Roby. He's back with the England camp training in South Africa ahead of Saturday's game with Italy at Salford. So we've been finding out how he's getting on. He's been speaking to Super League TV. It's nice to be around the England lads again, not, not been with them for a while. And obviously coming around, experiencing new things. I'm in South Africa, never been to South Africa before. Like yesterday we went to, uh, you know, visited the caves, things like that. Yeah probably things you'll probably never do again in your life so uh, you know it's a good change good opportunity for us to get in and, and we know how lucky we are as rugby players that you know, we get to come to places like this it's been even longer since you saw the NRL based players what, what do they bring to the or what do they add to the squad well obviously yeah we all, we all know uh, the NRL lads and you know, Tom and George have come in causing a, obviously a bit of confusion because we've not got a clue who's who but um, you know they've, they've done fantastic over in Australia and uh, I think obviously they're, they're adding to our team and you know, if, if the Aussie and the Kiwis who are used to playing against them, they know what they're all about. They're joining us, and you know, hopefully, the, the Aussie lads that have joined us will get the England team a bit more respect from the Aussies and stuff. So, um, you know, they can only add, add strength to our, our pack, especially for the size of the Burgess lads. And um, hopefully, we can use that to our advantage. And you know, I'm sure they'll have a lot more inside knowledge, if you like, on on the Aussies and the Kiwis. So, you know, it's really good to get them here, and obviously, we're, we're Team England again. And how do you dif- differentiate between Tom and George? I don't, to be honest, I can't. I just call them Burjo. I have to, you know, they've got sometimes they have their initials on the kit, so I'm constantly looking at that. But uh, I think everyone's the same. It's uh, you know, you just can't tell. There's, I think there's only Sammy who knows the difference. You've been involved with England for, for quite some time. What are the biggest differences when you compare the setup at this elite environment compared to, let's say, a club level at St Helens? Um, I just think it's a lot more, obviously, a lot more professional. You know, there's a lot more top quality players. You, it's kind of there's no room for error if you know what I mean. Uh, the games are so intense, so you know the fast, very physical. There's not very uh, you know one little games are won and lost on a tiny little mistake or a tiny missed tackle or you know there's there's fractions that you're talking about that can decide a game. So you know we obviously we need to be at the top of our game and put everything in in training, prepare as best we can. Hopefully all the resources that England are putting at our disposal as players can help us prepare as best as we can and then obviously ultimately it's our job as a player to go out for 80 minutes and perform and do the country proud but you know everything's going in the right direction so far and touch wood uh, you know this year could be a very good year for us is this the best team you've been involved in uh, i think it's probably safe to say it could be yeah i think um, you know like i say everything's been, everyone's been playing well a number of lads who are stand-up players every year very consistent like you've mentioned the nrl lads coming across as well they've obviously made a big impact over there so you know, there has a lot been said about this year. About you know, we've got a great team, good strength in depth as well. Uh, so you know, it's up to us as players. We need to go out there and do that, and uh, you know, and do what's maybe expected of us. Thanks for listening to the Extra In Touch podcast. Join us again next week as we preview the kickoff of the World Cup. This is In Touch City Talks Rugby League Lowdown with Lauren Moss and Steve Manning. City Talk One Hundred Five Point Nine.